SEP Fanfic Readings Presents A Thousand Words by Olive Juice 28 Chapter 41 Jokes on You Sunlight streamed through the tiny space between the curtains in Daphne's room as all five of the female members of the eighth-year house slumbered on. They had put on a good show of getting ready for bed and going about their typical nightly routines after they had finished brainstorming and compiling a list of supplies. Hermione had even stayed in her doorway saying goodnight to Draco for slightly longer than usual, drawing his attention away from the other girls scuttling back and forth between their own rooms and Daphne's. Once they were absolutely certain the boys had all gone to bed, they put their plan into action. Hannah and Luna were sent off to round up a few things, while Padma and Daphne started testing their ideas to make sure they'd work. Hermione set to work transfiguring several things into muggle items that would never have been found anywhere in the castle. Once everything was gathered, they tiptoed across the room to the domain of their targets and set to work. It took a few hours, and by the time they were finished, they were a giggling, exhausted bunch. They left Daphne's door open a few inches so as to hear any signs of stirring from their counterparts, and fell asleep almost immediately. Hermione woke to a muffled yell and immediately sat up and poked Padma and Hannah, who were sleeping in the jumble of blankets next to her on the floor. She stood and nudged Luna and Daphne on the bed as well, before creeping to the door and peeking through the crack. Across the room, Dean had apparently been the first to wake, and upon opening his door, had walked straight into a wall of feathers. His entire front, from his forehead to his feet, was covered in little white tufts. The more he tried to wipe them from his face, the more they clung to him. Hermione had shown the girls the wonder of plastic wrap the night before, and how it was almost invisible, when stretched tight enough. They had created a barrier in front of each of the wizard doors with the ingenious kitchen tool, and then filled the thin space in between with feathers that had been charmed to stick when they brought into contact with another surface. That surface just so happened to be each male student as he made to exit his room. Hearing the commotion Dean was making, both Neville and Theo opened their doors next and walked right into their own downy destruction. The accomplices were in silent stitches tears rolling down their cheeks as their housemates hollered and complained, and tried in vain to rid themselves of the fluffy nuisances. Draco was next to open his door, but having heard the increasing sounds of displeasure coming from his mates, he did so much more cautiously, and was rewarded by only a dozen or so feathers attaching themselves to his t-shirt and pajama pants. Though the plastic wrap wall blocked him from view, Hermione could tell he was studying the trap before him as his shadow shifted behind it. All of a sudden, a small bang was heard, and Draco's door was free from any impediment. He glanced quickly across the common area, but apparently didn't notice Daphne's door cracked open as he strode over to help Theo and Dean and Neville. Just as he cleared Neville's path, Anthony opened his own door and was met with not just the wall of feathers, but a loud chorus of warnings that only served to startle him further, causing him to actually walk into the plastic and get completely tangled in it. Once again, Draco came to the rescue and put him to rights at once. The five young men stood together outside Anthony's room, in varying stages of disarray. Feathers still floated down between them. Neville's face was bright red from trying so hard to rub them off, and Theo had lost a slipper somewhere in the struggle. While they were talking in tones too low to hear across the large space, it was clear they were speculating on how their housemates had carried this off. As quietly as possible, Hermione closed the door and threw up another silencing charm. The girls burst into fits of giggles, howling at the scene that had unfolded before them. "'Oh, that was even better than I'd thought!' Hannah heaved tears leaking out of the corners of her eyes. "'Did you see Anthony?' Padma choked. "'That worked almost as well as a body-bind curse,' Daphne wheezed. 
Oh, that was too funny, Luna giggled and wiped her eyes. That was just the beginning, Hermione reminded them, still clutching her stomach from laughing so hard. I wonder if they'll be on their guard, or if they'll think that was all we did. Five pairs of wide eyes stared at each other, and in unspoken agreement, the girls crawled back over to the door, none of them wanting to be the one to open it, lest it draw attention to their hiding space. Wait! Padma explained as she scooted over to the bag she tossed in the corner the night before. After digging around in it for a few seconds, she extracted what they all recognized to be a pair of extendable ears from George's shop. Perfect! Hermione clapped and shifted over to give her friend room to sneak one end of the flesh-colored string under the door. Everyone watched the dark-haired girl closely as she put the other end of the ear and listened. A grin broke out on her face almost immediately. They're still all talking, trying to figure out how we did it, and Dean is explaining what plastic wrap is. She chuckled and handed the listening end to Hannah, who promptly began eavesdropping. Now they're wondering if that was the only trick, she reported. Wait. She held up a hand as something was clearly taking place beyond the walls of Daphne's room. They've decided to get dressed and then go hunting for more pranks. They don't want us to see them covered in feathers and still in their nightclothes. That set all the girls giggling again, as Daphne took the ear for her turn to listen. "'Sounds like they're heading back to their rooms,' she nodded in confirmation. "'Yes, I've heard three, wait, four doors closed now, "'so they must all be going to change to get their stuff to take a bath.' "'She waited a few more seconds. "'I think it's safe to open the door now, just the tiniest bit.' "'Hermione did as instructed with extreme caution and peeked out through the crack. "'Draco just went into the bath,' she told her accomplices. "'And there goes Theo and Neville.' She inched the door open just a few centimeters more and gave them a knowing smirk to the other girls. Almost as if on cue, the voice of her favorite wizard came bellowing from across the room. "'What in Slytherin Seven Hells is this?' The witches lost it and fell on each other in a heap of hysterical laughter, only to have it increase when Theo and Neville's voice joined the unhappy chorus. "'Buggering hell! Ah, oh, that's disgusting!' Their cries alerted the other males, who, of course, promptly ran to the loo to see what all the fuss was about. Stall doors could be heard banging, water was running, and much muttering and groaning came from the corner of the room. Once again, Hermione carefully closed the door and recast a silencing charm just to be safe before they all broke into excited chatter about their housemate's predicament. "'I guess the shaving cream on the seats worked then, yeah?' Hannah pressed her palms to her cheeks. "'Oh, my face hurts from laughing so hard!' Padma let out a long sigh and flopped back to lay on the floor. I'm wiped out, and we haven't even had breakfast yet. Breakfast! cried Luna, startling her friend. She looked at them wide-eyed, blue eyes. We have to get dressed for breakfast! The chairs! That was all it took for the five girls to jump up and start gathering their things. Everyone had brought whatever they would need for that morning to Daphne's room, so as to avoid going back and forth between their own chambers, any more than necessary, with irritated wizards looking about. Safety in numbers and all that. Items in hand, they crowded around the door once more, holding their collective breath as Padma eased it open and checked to see if their way was clear. Nodding silently, she swung it wide enough for them to slip out and made a hasty escape for the girls' bath without making a sound while the boys could clearly still be heard in their own washroom. As quickly as possible, they readied themselves and after checking to make sure it was a reasonable time to do so, made their way to the table for breakfast each choosing their seat carefully. As usual, an assortment of breakfast foods immediately appeared and they began filling their plates and pouring goblets of juice, more as a way to fill the time and have something to do with their hands than anything else. 
They knew the boys would be joining them at any moment, and were positively trembling with giddy anticipation. After what seemed like an eternity, but was really only five or six minutes, Anthony emerged from the lavatory and froze mid-step when he saw them. The girls pretended not to notice him, and he was quickly joined by Dean. The two cast a wary glance at each other and slowly made their way towards the table. "'Good morning,' Luna greeted them airily, taking a bit of her apple and wiggling her fingers at them. "'Oh, hello,' Padma pretended to only have just seen them, and smiled as if nothing was amiss. The two wizards stopped a few feet away, clearly eyeing the table for signs of more pranks and watching the movement of their housemates very carefully. While they remained there, Neville exited the loo and, like Anthony, halted when he took in the half-full table. He approached with extreme, almost comical caution, his eyes wide and alarmed. He kept shooting furtive glances at Hannah, as if to gauge her reaction to confirm his suspicions. But the former Hufflepuff, who wholeheartedly invested in cutting up her ham and seemed quite oblivious to his scrutiny. Draco and Theo were the last to leave the washroom, and, unlike their mates, came stalking directly up to the table, where they towered over its occupants, arms crossed, scowls lining their faces. After several heartbeats of thick silence, Draco cracked. "'Well?' he demanded. "'Well, what?' Hermione asked pleasantly, meeting his gaze as she bit into her toast, her eyes twinkling and her brow cocked in question. "'You know perfectly well what!' he hollered. "'I'm quite sure I don't,' she replied serenely, helping herself to another serving of eggs. "'Theo, are you going to join me?' her Luna asked sweetly, and looked pointedly at the empty chair beside her. Theo's furious demeanor faltered as he looked at her, and then at Draco, and then at the other three boys— none of whom had actually been brave enough to sit down yet. Heaving a deep and exasperated sigh, the handsome pureblood pulled out the chair with more force than necessary and flung himself into it. The room was immediately filled with the loud, indecent sound of horribly wet flatulence, compliments of George's newest whoopee cushion model that had been disillusioned on the seat. Thea was so startled he fell right out of the chair while the girls erupted into fits of laughter once again. Dean and Anthony couldn't stifle their own chuckles, and Neville was grinning widely. Even Draco seemed to be struggling to keep a straight face. "'Ha, ha, very funny,' snarked Theo as he picked himself up off the floor. "'Is that it, then? Can I sit down properly and eat breakfast now?' His indignation only set the girls off again, but Luna did manage to take his hand and pull him gently back down beside her, even though she was still giggling as she did so. This time his chair only made a lengthy sputtering sound, and proceeded to dig into his breakfast with extreme superiority. With one of their brethren finally having managed to secure his spot, the others decided it was safe to do so as well, though still with mild trepidation. Neville walked around to his usual seat next to Hannah, and put his hand on the back of it, but wasn't quite ready to sit in it yet. "'Is this one going to trump too?' he asked his girlfriend. "'No, it's not,' she replied decisively. Taking her at her word, he pulled the chair out, only to have it slide a good six feet away. Arching a brow at her, he approached the piece of furniture again, this time grabbing it by the front underside and pulling it behind him up to the table. Unfortunately, as soon as he let go and went to sit down, it rolled back again, leaving Neville sitting rather soundly on the floor. The look of surprise on his face caused everyone to laugh as he glared at Hannah in mock irritation. She just shrugged and smiled prettily as he went to retrieve his chair again. Anthony and Dean pulled out their own seats and watched intently to see if theirs would behave oddly. Anthony sat with no problem whatsoever, which bolstered Dean's confidence, even though he patted the cushion to make sure it wasn't going to make any odd noises. 
When it remained silent, he breathed a sigh of relief and sat, only to immediately spring back up as a muffled buzzing sound was heard, rubbing his backside as if he'd been shocked. What the? He turned and studied the offending station. No matter where he touched the wooden frame, it didn't repeat the noise or the vibration. Figuring it was done, he tried a second time, only to shoot up once more when it happened again. Suddenly Anthony hopped up, face red, and spun around to glare at his seat. It's burning up, he complained loudly, and sure enough, the cushion appeared to be mildly smoking. The chaos around the table was rising to levels that matched even the most exuberant game night. Neville was still warring with his escaping chair. Theo's kept emitting small, yet recognizable wheezing and puffing sounds every time he shifted even the slightest bit. Anthony could only sit for thirty seconds at a time before needing to cool off, and Dean kept trying to perch precariously on the very corner without setting the buzzer off again. The girls had given up trying to keep their reactions quiet or polite, and were openly roaring with glee at every turn. Draco was the only one still standing, refusing to subject himself to whatever ridiculous prank he knew his chair contained. Instead, he proceeded to fill his plate and eat his breakfast while standing at the end of the table. This only served to make Hermione laugh harder, a fact he ignored with as much sophistication as possible, munching his toast with a nose haughtily in the air. Since the witches weren't completely heartless, the chairs had a time limit to their antics, and after about ten minutes of insanity, the noises, movements, and triggered actions ceased, allowing them to settle into their breakfast comfortably. "'Where on earth did you come up with the idea for the feathers?' Dean asked with mild admiration. "'Home alone, believe it or not,' snickered Daphne. Good-natured groans of understanding rumbled around the table as the four seated young men admitted to being impressed with the level of detail in the covert operation in general. "'I assume this was all because today is April Fool's?' Anthony asked in a resigned sort of way. "'Yep,' Padma supplied cheerfully. "'Do we have any other surprises waiting for us today?' Neville looked almost fearful as he asked. "'No,' chortled Hannah, patting his arm. "'It's all over.' "'Maybe for you it is,' groused Theo. "'But as far as I'm concerned, it's just begun.' His dark eyes glittered with mischief as he leaned towards Luna, who viewed him with a shocked expression. "'But, Theo, April 1st is also the only day to watch for the blibbering Humdinger migration. We're supposed to head down to the South Lawn after lessons, remember?' Her voice was so worried, her expression so earnest, that all he could do was shake his head and shrug as a gentle smile crossed his face. "'Of course we will. I haven't forgotten.' He wrapped a lock of her long blonde hair around his finger, and her answering smile could have lit up the night sky. "'Don't worry, mate,' Draco drawled. "'We'll work out a plan of retaliation, and fill you in when you get back.' He smirked at Hermione, whose eyebrows shot up as he walked around the table to sit next to her, clearly assuming the pranks were over, and it was safe to do so. As soon as his backside hit the seat, the sound of a foghorn echoed throughout the room, causing him to topple over just as Theo had done. The girls, who had all known what was coming and had covered their ears, were in fits over the expressions on the boys' faces. Neville had slopped pumpkin juice down his front. Dean's spoonful of porridge was sliding down his forehead. Anthony was half in Neville's lap after jumping so violently, and Theo was recovering several pieces of bacon from various locations. Draco, however, was still seated on the floor, panting and clutching his chest and glaring at his girlfriend. "'Now it's all over,' she giggled and offered him her hand, which he scowled at before accepting it and getting to his feet. "'It most certainly is not,' he grumbled as he took his place in the now silent chair once more. "'You have to admit we got you,' 
She nudged his arm with her own, watching his pewter eyes as they narrowed thoughtfully. Yes, yes, fine, he huffed and only marginally managed to sound annoyed. You're all bloody brilliant pranksters. The girls beamed at one another and high-fived around the table as the boys rolled their eyes and snickered, knowing they really couldn't argue the point.